0: 1033 the goat.
1: I don't care how fast you are or how big you are, somebody's gonna be faster and somebody's gonna be bigger. The greatest sports talk of all time.
0: Ah! Buckle up, boys. Time to go to work. 1033 the goat. Great sport. The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by The Great Scott Show, The Champion. With Scott Prater. Steal the show.
2: Welcome into the Great Scott Show on a Gimme All You Got Friday.
0: Gimme All You Got! Give me all you got!
2: You notice in the background of that you can actually hear goats? No, really. Gimme All You
0: Got! Gimme All You
2: Got! I heard it in the background.
0: <laughs> 103.3
2: The Goat. Greatest sports talk of all time. Welcome in. It's the great Scott show. It's a Friday. Got a great show for you. Ryan Leaf. You know who Ryan Leaf is. Friend of the program. Uh, Was very outspoken on social media last night after the two injury. He will join me at 830 this morning. Dr. Brian Maggard, AD at UL, will join me at 8 for a little bit. Norman Locke is supposed to be in this building. He's in town. I actually bumped a guest for him when he told me he'd be here, and yet he was supposed to be on with Lynn, and apparently he's sleeping in. So if you happen to see Norm, Mr. Trollmaster, just you know tell him to get a new alarm. But kicking off the show of this on this wonderful Friday morning on the GOAT, is a GOAT, Gus Cattengill. Saints and Pelicans correspondent on with me right now, live from Nola. Good morning, Gus. What's happening, my friend?
0: It's really nice of you to rename the entire station after me. Yeah, I mean, the, the
2: the first that's, that's, of many to make that joke.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How many goat comments do you think you're getting today?
2: Oh, I don't know, at least a couple hundred. Yeah, well. I mean, a lot of, a lot of, wait, wait, what? Wait, what's the go? What is it? Oh, that's why yeah. you've been playing. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, huh? wait what, Is this the same? Everything's, everything's the same. Just new name. It's you know what I mean? New a name, very, new attitude.
0: Strategic, I was going to say it's a very strategic thing you guys did uh, to distract from the awesome football that's being played on the offensive side of football by Kurt New Orleans Saints. No, Good Lord. It's actually really
1: brilliant.
2: No, really no, no, no. Uh, look, yeah. before we get to that, I do. Uh, I want to start with, I guess, a serious topic that everyone was talking about last night, that everyone's still talking about this morning. Um, right. The Bengals beat the Dolphins, uh, as I predicted. But really, it, it's it's not the game; it is the injury to Tua Tagovailoa, uh, and. Uh, I, when something like that happens, there's a lot, there's, there is a lot of outrage. Um, and for those that maybe don't know the backstory, last week in a game against Buffalo, a thrilling game that Miami won, uh, Tua got slammed back. His head kind of hit the turf um, as he was landed on his back. And when he got up, he was wobbly and kind of fell to the ground or fell to his knee, was touching his head, not his back. Uh, and then return to the game later, and they just said it was a back injury. Many felt like it was a concussion. Uh, many in the medical community were watching and felt like it was a concussion and assumed, well, maybe the player. Uh, that, that's that's the. I don't want to give out false information, but I mean that's that's what happened. Um, that's what everybody was thinking, and the Dolphins said, "No, oh, it was a back thing," and and that's kind of the story that they all stuck to. Uh, whether it's true or not, I'll leave up to everyone to decide for themselves. But uh, many felt like he maybe shouldn't have been playing last night. And last night, uh, he suffered another concussion. Mike McDaniel said it was just a concussion, nothing more. But watching it on Amazon Prime last night, Gus, and the way his hands and fingers curled in the way that happens when you have a uh, severe hit to the head—I mean, it was—it was a brutal concussion. Um, Stretcher went to the hospital. Flew back with the team. Uh, ben Watson, former NFL tight end, said, you know, a two-hour flight is probably the last thing you need with a swelling brain. But, again, I, I'm, I'm not a doctor. There were a lot of doctors. I mean, no, actual doctors uh, on social media last night that were, that were outraged. Um, first and foremost, man, I mean, I, I get everybody wants to be mad at someone. I understand that. I just hope he's okay. Honestly, I mean, football, I love football. I will watch football tonight. I will watch football tomorrow. I will watch football Sunday. I will watch football Monday. I will talk about football all weekend and I will be nervous about baseball as the Mets play the Braves, but I w I, it will be football, right? And, and yet it's such a brutal game at times, man, in that, you know, that same field where Ryan Shazier of, of Pittsburgh suffered that horrendous injury, uh, years back. It's, it is a uh, it's a brutal game, man. And first and foremost, I I just hope Tua is okay. But what what's going through your mind last night is he suffers that uh, that brutal concussion, man.
0: I'll, I'll tell you what, Scott. Looking at it, you know, obviously you see it, and I mean, my wife gasps. You know, I mean, we're on the couch watching the game, and um, I mean, first thing you think of, you know, you see it, and I think immediately. You know, I go to to last week. I mean, we're we're sitting there last week um, at our Saints post game podcast show that we we do it at, and um, watching the game. And when I see it, I'm like, "Dude, that guy's concussed!" Right? Um, I mean, you saw him get up there. I mean, I literally say, like, "Oh, oh man, that doesn't look good." It kind of like. You know, turn your stomach a bit. I mean, here's the thing, dude. You see it, and if you see it, you sort of feel it. You kind of get an idea of it, and um, I don't know, man. I guess I kind of go to just my experience of being on the sidelines, my experience of understanding what it takes to go into all of that. Just um, a lot kind of is going through my head, Scott, to be honest with you. I mean, it's understanding, talking to trainers in the past of – you know, sitting there saying, you know, um, hey, you have, you have, um, you have uh, people that are there to watch uh, for things like that. Um, they kind of talked about it afterwards on Thursday night football after it got blasted at halftime on social media for not talking about it, but which, which there's just
2: I, 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 yeah I'm sorry real quick there's I, I everybody on social media wants to be mad at anyone when something like that happens like those guys I mean they they just they're they're it's what their third game ever doing that I mean they're they want them to just like burn down the NFL at halftime like uh, that's they're not they're not the bad guys man they're just they're just doing a halftime show trying to react to, to something that was stunning I don't know I'm sorry I didn't mean to cut you off.
0: I was just saying, though, it's Like when you, you, you heard Tony and them finally say it. I just remember speaking to one of the trainers um, when when I was doing two lane football when they started instituting the concussion protocol thing from the college and then high school standpoint to so where you have to have like spotters and somebody from the team actually right. Scott, it is, their job, as you know, is to literally sit. And I remember, I mean, she was a basketball trainer, but on football, she literally sat there with binoculars in one of the the rooms next to where the scores board table is or, you know, the people that operate the clock. And her job was literally to see anything. And if somebody stumbled, looked like that, she has to call it in. Like So that's the first thing that pops in my head is, man, it really looks it, right? I mean, I don't know. You know the phrase, if it looks like a duck, acts like a duck. It's a duck. I was going to say, if it looks like a goat, acts like a goat it is a goat, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Is, Absolutely. I mean, if you look at that play, there it is. The first thing you think of is that dude's concussed. To so then hear, and especially the thing that I think really confuses people is that at the very beginning of that, whole thing is he is being evaluated for a head injury. That's what the press box. That's what the dolphins say. As he leaves the game, he then comes back in the game and all of a sudden it's a neck and back. And now it's an ankle and back. And again, man, I, I've had back issues. I, you know, I just, there's too many people that have had head trauma injuries. I know you saw that a lot yesterday on social media too. They were like, man, that, really looks like it was a head trauma thing. And then I think the reason there was so much outrage is because of the dangers of a second concussion in a shorter period amount of time, which is why, per the NFL, right, if you get concussed, you're automatically up for the most part, right, for that next game. I know the NBA is sort of like that, too. So, I mean, I think that's why people see that, Um and I guess that's just the thing that, that gets me, man, is I I just there's a lot of different things that I'm confused. I'm confused because I, like Tony Gonzalez said, I'm confused because there is a lot of protocol. There is a lot of different right. conversations uh, I, that I, need I, to happen. Yeah. And and for it to for it to say that it's not, then man, a lot of people need to be on the same game plane of a lie, if that makes any sense. You know what I'm saying? It's like, um, listening to the ESPN injury analyst this morning, literally before you came to me, I'm walking the dog. And I mean, she spoke for 20 minutes on all of the different things that would have had to happen throughout the week, that day, that morning, that afternoon, that night, the next morning, um, that once Tua was cleared, they're not stopping talking to him. He has to then meet with people the next morning, the next day, the next Friday, and you know, it was Thursday. So for four days per her, if they did it now, Scott, if they did it, they would have had to talk to him and evaluate him the entire time. So I think that's what's confusing, you know, um, and it could, even though sometimes it, it may not be what you you kind of think. whatever. You know what? It, it could just very well be a, a, a separate event. Maybe it was his back and his ankle and his neck or whatever, and being slammed like that is a completely different thing. It's just hard for us to not try to link it. It could very well be two completely different things, because when he got slammed yesterday, that's different than landing on your back in the back of your head like that. So, I you know, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm confused. I understand it. I know my experience. And then I also have to be allowed to say, uh, or I guess to try to think, it could be two completely different things, you know, on that. I mean, but, but, But But based
2: on, you know, what we see and what other doctors or Chris Nowinski look at on TV from afar, they're like, yeah, this, this, all the, all the signs that you would look for are there uh, as far as concussions go. And Tony Gonzalez said last night after the game, he's like, look, I think he just went back in the game last week because it was a huge divisional game against the Bills. Um, I, if, if a player is asked, if they're able to cover it up, a lot of players, Gus are going to cover it up. Not all. I I don't, I don't know about two. I just, just, I'm just saying a lot of players are going to cover it up or say, you know, it's no, it's not my head. It was my shoulder. It was my back. It was whatever, because they're, especially if you're on a rookie deal, whatever. I mean, there's millions of dollars on the line. It's a short window. It's. And and aside from that, the competitor in these guys they want to play. So if they're worried, man, if I say this, they might evaluate this, and then I won't be able to play, or I could be out that. Or you have to. There is in the in the uh, Michael Smith was reading it off of. I guess I don't know if it was the NFLPA or 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 what the exact concussion protocol language in the terms and conditions of the contract between the NFL and the NFLPA last night. And essentially, part of it said, you know. Uh, even if you know a, a player um, uh, clears uh, the the first protocol that you have to go through, or clears a protocol, if, if the medical professional still sees a player as unfit or or having any kind of neurological impact, which any kind, I mean, if you fall down to your knees, right? If you if you if you stumble, if you're wobbly, then that player should be a no go. So by that language, you know excuse me, unless against the Bills, you know, it was just his back and that's why he was wobbling and grabbing his head after that play. Um, You know, then, okay, I guess they follow what they were supposed to, but either way, I mean, it's all, it's all just talk now. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate and um, hopefully he's, he's okay. I'm glad he was, you know, I'm, I'm glad he's back with the team. I'm glad he was released from the hospital and and hopefully he's all right. It's just one of those things that when everyone's watching the same thing, and it happens in a moment, everyone's going to have a strong visceral reaction. And this was the situation that was already sort of circled coming into the game because a lot of people felt like he shouldn't be playing. It wasn't like you know when when um, was it on? Not Andre. When when uh, the the player for Louisville, where the basketball player in the Final Four had that just horrific. Leg injury everybody 's watching the final four, so everyone 's reacting on social media at once, and everyone 's talking about it and it 's such a real visceral raw thing Last night, it was similar. The only difference was that it was they were already in the spotlight of man, maybe he shouldn 't be playing because we think he probably had a concussion last week, whether he did or not, who knows you know a lot of people think he did, but it was already circled, and so when that happens there 's a everyone wants to be mad, everyone wants to. You know, find someone on social media that isn't saying "This is horrible, this is horrible," and if they're not saying that this is horrible, then I'm going to go after them. They all want to. It. It's, it's like they have to generate this emotion somewhere. Uh, and I get it, but at the end of the day, man, football's a brutal game, and that, that gets lost sometimes when we're just being entertained at, at such a you know, high level, because we love it, but I just I hope he's okay. Uh, prayers up for Tua and we'll see what happens from this situation. Uh, Bengals win the game last night, 25, uh, 27 to 15. Gus Katgill, our saints and Pelicans correspondent. I'm Scott Pray. There's the great Scott show on one Oh three, three, the goat <laughs> greatest sports talk of all time. Gus, let's talk about, uh, anything but great right now. Uh, because the saints offense is the opposite. You had me on your show Wednesday. I was, I was heated and Sean Fox apparently was taking shots at me later in the show. I got some listeners. I got, I had some listeners in New Orleans that that reached out to me after and were like, "Hey, man, you know, Gus and Sean were just ripping on Scott, dude. What's up with that? Why you got you guys think you can just talk behind my back like that, Gus?"
0: I wouldn't say I was talking behind your back. He was having fun at the expense of finally hitting the, you know, yeah, the wall. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, know. I, 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 messaged so, <laughs>
2: I messaged him. I messaged him. I, I, I no, knew no, it was no, all no, in good not, radio fun. No, but, you you I have, mean, have to understand, yeah.
0: and your listeners have to understand, um, Sean's a very sad man. I mean, you know, I mean, he doesn't really have much. Um, I mean, look, I mean, he is wealthy and having a wife and kid. That said, they run the household. Right, but he has He's to but he has to live like what, in he Ruston spends, or something? I mean, come on. That's what well Monroe. I mean Monroe. I, I mean, mean yeah. I asked him if there was more than five people <laughs> in town. Um, you know, and then you know, the other thing too, she's in cheerleading. I'm not knocking you guys out there, Dad, that do that. You guys know what, what I'm about to say. But but Sean spends all year basically begging for any kind of work so he can pay for the yearly Hey, y'all are going to compete for the championship trip to Disney World, which is now at about ten thousand dollars. He says, so that's that's his life. You know, he gets home, he makes no decisions, um, and you know, he's a cheerleading dad. So I mean, that's he's, he's just look. He he's the guy that asks or or wants to know when the plastic bag should come out. He, he he skips the the paper bag. He goes straight to the plastic bag, and and I do remind him that there's a difference in breathability. Between a paper bag and a plastic bag, so um, that's just the kind of Saints fan he is, um, you know. So that's kind of what our conversations normally go. You know, are you okay? Are you you're not going to lose you know lose it here? Things of that nature. So uh,
2: the 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 are. um enough about Sean, but you know I did have to defend myself. <laughs> uh, the Saints, Gus, this offense is bad. They lost to a bad football team last week. The Panthers are a bad football team. They lost to yeah. a bad quarterback last week. Baker Mayfield's a bad quarterback. So far this season, Jameis Winston has played bad. Everyone can talk about the injury. Who's going to play Sunday? Well, Jameis has missed the last two practices. Maybe it is Andy Dalton. Uh, quarterback is not the only issue on this team. Uh, they are having major issues picking up blitzes. You know, There are communication issues. There is no excuse... For a team that has Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry and Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram and NFC or rather NFL Rookie of the Month, Offensive Rookie of the Month, Chris Alave, uh, there, there is no excuse for that team in the first three quarters of the first three games, nine quarters combined, to have 13 total points. There is no excuse to have zero points in what, three quarters against the Panthers, uh special teams issues aside i don't want to hear it it's ridiculous this offense has been putrid this offense all they have to be is adequate you know it's yes the saints have a good defense they do and yes the saints have a good special good special teams although they they were not good on sunday uh overall they they do have good special teams right when you have that all you have to do is we, we talk, all you have to be is adequate average and they've been the opposite of that well not the opposite i guess You know, if you do a a 3 they they've been, they've been, they've been bad, right? They've been really bad. And I, I I know it's early, you know, Jake DeLome, a guy I have a lot of respect for, a friend of mine, a guy that played in the league a long time. He's a color analyst for Carolina. You know, he told me before the season and, and he's, and he's stayed on it that based on the way a lot of teams approach training camp and preseason and everything like that, you really have to wait until about week six before you can really truly identify the haves from the have-nots, you know. And and we've seen the Saints get off to slow starts before, but Gus, nothing like this. Oh, they keep shooting themselves in the foot. Sure, they do, but offensively, it's bad. And, and if they have one great Sunday on offense, maybe everyone will start feeling a little bit better. We just haven't seen it. And yeah, the two-minute offense was great against Atlanta, who for some dumb reason decided to stop blitzing. Probably because they're the Falcons. I get it. But outside of, of a lot of cosmetic yards and stats in the fourth quarter, the offense has been really bad. Let's not sugarcoat it. I, 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 I can't lose game in London Sunday. Andy Dalton might be starting, even though the Saints are saying, Jameis, whatever, Jameis is. He hadn't practiced the last two days. We might be hearing before I even get off the air with you whether he's practicing today because they're six hours ahead. But, like, what? where do you – can you go anywhere right now – in regards to this team, other than the offense and or the coaching? Is there anywhere else you would go to first when you're talking about concerns for this team, or is that pretty much the first and, dare I say, last place we should go?
0: Well, I think anytime a team struggles, that's where you question or you ask or you, you probably do start and go to. Um, I'm very curious as to how it's going to go this week, because one of the other things too, Scott, that I was kind of looking at this week is how, so you hear the players say they're close, right? Um, Dennis Allen's like, we're just shooting ourselves in the foot. You hear the the, the, thing, the defensive players, Pete Werner Demario Davis. You hear all these guys saying they're the, they're their own worst enemy, right? They're the ones that are, that are doing it right now. So, When you look at it from that perspective, you you kind of say, all right, well, if you're close, then you'll have confidence that they can turn it around, be better, et cetera. And remember, as a lot of reporters posted this week, um, this is, you know, in the past, the Saints have started one and two, they have gone on to, um, you know, Win 8th straight, eleven straight, ninth, whatever. They they've gone on to do win streaks. But after I played all that on Monday and talked about it, it's kind of. I'll ask you the question: Do you feel the same at that point about that than you did, you know, now? And it, it's that it's that confidence of, you know, sometimes. Do you trust your eyes? Do you look for the deeper meaning? I, I, I just. You know, my my gut, my eyes, my instinct, the years of watching, being on teams, just I, I see a quarterback that's battling with confidence right now. He's battling his own head, he's overthinking it. Um, believe me, I get at least eighty percent of the calls that want to throw Dennis Allen under the bus, Pete Carmichael, it's the play calling. You know this team isn't ready. I, it's, it's, I, still, I it's still it's like still
2: too that. early for all of that. I mean, I mean, and well, look, the criticism is fair. It's too early to say that this whole thing is going to be a one hundred complete failure, one hundred percent complete failure. I mean, I, I think there's like I, I said this on your show Wednesday. I mean, I, I if if they if the offense through four games, if they look as bad as they 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 have this Sunday. The offense looks as bad as it has whoever the quarterback is. I don't care. They look as bad as they have all season this Sunday. Then, then, then go ahead and maybe hit the panic button on the season. Because even though there's only one undefeated team left and there are all these games, you have to see some, like I get I get what Jake's saying, right? Wait, week six. But you have to see some kind of trend. And right now we are seeing a trend and it's not going the right way. Like if it was really bad week one, little bit better, still bad, little bit. But we just we 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 haven't seen really any kind of growth in this offense, Gus.
0: Right, and and that's what I was getting at is that, you know, this week I, I thought the amateur professional, you know, film study group uh, was on it. Right, and I say that because there are some people that cover the team and do it, and then you know. Ninety percent of the Saints fans say they they, they watch film. So I mean, <laughs> it is what it is, right? We're gonna we're gonna judge and base things off of still photos, and, and look at it. But again, certain things, Scott, are just certain things, and certain things that I saw this week are Chris Olave open at the first down marker on a play where Jameis rules to his right. There's a passing lane. There's no Panther in front of him. And he, it, it's a high-low route, and he opts for Jarvis Landry, who's bracketed, and the ball goes out of bounds. Not only was it not accurate, but he was bracketed. Instead, 10 year, ten yards short, shot, you know, closer to the line of scrimmage, a lot of at the first down marker with his hand up wide open. Um, you know, you see instances where the, the, the primary read, as Nick Underhill and others put from New Orleans at football, it is Jarvis Landry. He is open going to the corner of the end zone. He overthrows and misses him to add insult to injury. There's Alvin Kamara right over the middle, wide open would have been a first down. If he checks it to him, uh, I went through the hole. They're ignoring Alvin Kamara. They're not targeting him. I saw at least 25 photos this week of him open with his hand up in the air. Jameis just didn't go to him. Um, the, The overwhelming feeling I see, especially this past week, going into last week is right now, Jameis is a one-read guy. I just don't know how to to say that. Because here's the thing. Everyone's talked about this offense and everything. And actually, it was actually nice to hear Drew Brees over on WWL radio, week, yeah. go on and specifically talk about this offense. Can I because can I read the exact
2: quote real quick for you? And then I'll throw go it back ahead. to you. Yeah. something that stood yeah. out to me about Drew Brees, who, remember, you and I got yeah. into a log argument when I said they can't run the same offense. But that's neither here yeah. nor there. He said, and I quote, 98% of playing quarterback is between the ears. Physical talent is great, but you have to know Who to go to out on the field, reading coverages, touch, timing on throws, changing out of plays, and going through your progressions quickly. Those are the keys, end quote. I mean, that's that's pretty direct there, Gus.
0: Well, he said it succinctly, what I was probably going to say in 20 minutes. That's what I was trying to say to our listeners, and even you and I have had the discussion. It's there. And, and, And the argument you and I had as to whether or not he could run it, the point that I was making is, the offense is built for success. They have to be able to do it. And which is why I, I'm very interested in seeing what I'm going to see this week because I do predict the Saints offense is going to move the football. Um, at camp, Andy Dalton was the more accurate, you know, thrower. At camp, one of the comments I even told you when I'd come on, Andy, and he, he's breeze-like in this aspect of it. In the NFL, you have to throw the ball before the cut is made. Very few quarterbacks can get away and very few routes and instances can you get away with guy goes down the field, makes the break, turns, faces, ball thrown, like very few times that happens. Jameis is late. Jameis is late on his stuff. I mean, there's no other way to look at it. And when you look at what I'm seeing in this offense, you have to do three things. And then the offense can cook like a Lamborghini, right? To go with Larry Nance's description of Zion's body. Which, by the way, have you seen that, Scott? Anyway, um, he, you have to. You have to first and foremost. You have to trust your line. Okay, you have to trust your protection. Then you have to trust the route. You have to trust what you know the offense is, and then you have to trust your mechanics. I mean, I, and I, I'm just going by that by years of being at that facility, hearing how it's harped on. I mean, just because Sean is gone, I can promise you, they are still harping on when you hit your marker, when you make the turn. And then at the same time, comma, that's when the ball has to come out. I have heard Sean Payton say that so many times on a football field. Out, 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 out. Like the ball has to come out at a certain point on that step. And when you look at Jameis, that's the thing that just – it's like a neon sign to me. There's no bobbling of the head in reading of progressions. That's what Drew is saying. You're not reading the field. It's locked in. We're going come hella high water to this situation, and if it's there, it's there. If it's not, it's not. But that's trusting the offense, trusting the line. Maybe getting beat up in that first game – maybe having those ribs in his mind, whatever, you know, clock you had that was going to be three seconds, two and a half, is now maybe a half a second to one. Maybe maybe that's what it is. And that's what I'm saying. You have to make that check. You have to check that box then to see if that's the case. Because that's why you put in Andy Dalton. That's why you have to see if he is healthy or hurt or not, then go heal. Because if, as he said this week in London, his goal is to be healthier so he can be better for the team. Well, that's going to take off Saints fans because they say, well, then you shouldn't have played the last two weeks if that was the case. So right, like, right, that's the right. issue. But, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying, though, Scott. You see it. dude. I'm not an offensive analyst. I'm not hating, but you do not see the eyes moving left to right. And the thing that's confusing to me and it makes me think it's an injury thing, Scott, because I've seen them do it. He did it. When he won the job last year against the Jags, the touchdown play, he threw to Callaway. You see him point out the blitzers. You see him look off the safety. Then you see him throw a dime down the field. He's capable of doing it. So you have to sit here and go, well, why is he not now? Why, why is he not trusting the offense? The line is it chemistry, but dude, he didn't play with Callaway and all those guys last year. So what is it? And the only logical thing is, I think he's battling his own head, lack of confidence due to the fact that he's injured. He's forcing to try to make a play. It's starting to press on him. And those are all signs of take a breather. I mean, I, I just don't know how else to look at it. But like you said, Drew said it in two sentences. I mean, it's it's there, guys. It's there. I know everyone wants to go after the play caller. It's there. I'm telling you the plays are there. I mean, they're there. It's just not making the right decisions right now.
2: ESPN Lafayette, uh, excuse me, 103.3, the GOAT. That'll happen a few times. The uh, greatest sports talk of all time. I'm Scott Prather. the great Scott Show. Gus Cagall, Saints and Pelicans correspondent are in here with is uh, on the air with us this Sunday in London, Gus. You know, I, I I just I need to see some semblance of the offense moving the ball. Who knows what to expect from Kirk Cousins. I mean, the fact that it's an NFL network only game is is really good for him. You know, I mean, I guess locally you'll be able to see it. But, you know, for the rest of the world, it's like you got to watch it on the NFL network. So it's not the morning London game that's like, you know, a big national game of the week. And uh, that's probably a good thing for Kirk Cousins because you put him in the spotlight, aside from one playoff game in New Orleans, unfortunately, you know, he's usually going to uh, stink it up. You have him in a game that's you know kind of quiet under the radar. That's when he just lights things up. Um, defensively, though, you know the Saints' defense has has done their job for the most part, give or take that one uh, awful play against Chenault last week. Uh, Marcus May was you know uh, back at practice this week. That's good. You hope to get guys back in the secondary and have most of them out there, you know, defensively, uh, Kirk Cousins aside, uh, and Justin Jefferson is great. I think defensively, the saints are going to be okay. I think as a defense, it can begin to wear on you mentally when you're out there and you're playing and you're playing and you, you know, you're down 13 to nothing in what the fourth quarter last week, and you've given up six points all day. Like imagine a saints defense giving up six points last year, even with as bad as that offense was. I mean, you would think, oh, well, that's it. They win. Six points in four quarters? Oh, Saints are good. Years before that, heck, the the 15 years before that, oh, Saints are smoking them. On Sunday, it felt like insurmountable. And I think when the offense is that bad, it can begin to wear on a defense. So if they get a little bit of help from the offense, I think the defense can begin, oh, well, they don't have enough sacks. Well, you know, there's they're, not like they've been playing with these leads. You know, um, I, I, I think the Saints defense... As long as the offense is slightly better, which even if they're slightly better, they'll still be bad. But if they're just slightly better, defense will be fine. I'm not worried about the special teams yet. It was, it was a bad Sunday last week. But you know that JT Gray and Deontay Hardy, when he's able to come back, and Will Lutz, who you know, missed a field goal, and Blake Gilligan, who has not had a great season thus far. But you know all those guys can play. I, I, if the offense plays mediocre, the Saints will be 2-2. Two in a in a league where you know if the Jags happen to upset the Eagles, Jags are good this year, then you won't even have any undefeated teams four games into the season, a seventeen game season. And even if the Eagles win, okay, that's one undefeated team only four games into the season. You you lose, Gus. You're one and three. You've lost to some bad teams, and you have zero identity on offense. Or I guess your identity is we're just going to be an offensive offense, uh, not an identity you want. So. I, You know, you asked me must win. I said, you know, I know it's all semantics and it sounds dumb, but it feels like I can't lose type of game. You know, how much, how important, put into words how big of a game this is for the Saints Sunday in the grand scheme of the entire 2022 season.
0: I think it's big for a couple of reasons. Um, Obviously, I'm with you, you know, panicking and all of that. You, you do have a lot of season to be played. Um, that said, you kind of want to just start, maybe if anything, just playing to your capabilities. And I think that's kind of the thing that that you're seeing. If you get beat, you get beat because you don't have this or you don't have that. problem is you haven't seen that offense sort of take off. And then, you know, again, look, man, the injuries are going to happen. Um, it stinks that Michael Thomas had in practice. It, you know, it stinks that my injury got hurt in that game. It just... You know, that's kind of one of the other things I was talking about this week, too. It's in the past, one of the things that has struggled. And, and even, you know what? It, it was towards the end of Sean Payton's tenure as well. That His team is having trouble overcoming mistakes, overcoming changes of momentum where you feel, man, this, this could be it. I mean, Scott, you go back to last week. That was a tough play to have Kamara be stripped. It was in the first half. What, first quarter, right? I mean, I... Like, you still had three quarters of football, but it felt like that was four minutes inside of the fourth quarter. And they never recovered from that. Um, You you see them miss the kick, and you're, you know, I I heard people just smacking the table where we were and just, oh, you know, it it was in the first half. I mean, you know, the second one was later, but you're you're getting this feeling of they can't over, that was it. That was the one drive when Ingram fumbles. That they'll, you know, it just it took us all game to get on the other side of the fifty. And just they're not overcoming it. And it's almost like a snowball effect on the, on you know, on the opposite end. It, it's, it, it's crazy to me. Look, we can talk back and forth about plays, players, execution, turnovers, all of that. But I also think there's an, an intangible essence that's missing as well. Man, um, look. The guy I do the show with on Thursday, Scott Craig rhodes Katie's. He's convinced it's Choncy Garner Johnson. You know it's, others are convinced it's Quan Alexander. Others are convinced it's. Not it's the of offense, guy like Brees, guys. But, uh, wake
2: up! Sorry yeah, to your friends, I, but
0: good lord. <laughs> I, I hear you. I hear you. But that's what I'm saying, though, is if you're watching the game and you're getting that sense and feeling, and you're seeing on the field a team that's not matching. The intensity of the three opponents they've played. You understand what I'm saying? Like, is it reasonable to conclude that I'm not saying it's those players, but there is some lack of spark. There's some lack of yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. Gus Gallardo. I
2: guess. I mean, yeah. Alvin Kamara said we we just don't have our swagger now. You know, it, it. I don't put that all on a single player. We know the players that are in this locker room. You know, I mean, Cam Jordan, Demario Davis. Like, come on. Uh, if you if i'll hear the art with respect to cd deuce who i loved but i i mean if you want to tell me sean payton now i'll hear that because that's look i i probably admittedly can say i underestimated you know i didn't think the saints were going to the super bowl this year i didn't pick that uh but i talked a lot about how you know, I was surprised that the betting line was the odds were larger this year than they were a year ago, based on what they did to their roster, and that that is the Sean Payton impact. And I guess that's how you know a lot in the national media feel about it. And time will tell, right? We're three games into a 17 game season, but I think they missed that. You know, Sean was great at at least later in his career, certainly, but when the Saints had their backs against the wall, he they still had an edge to. Him um and we haven't seen an edge yet and that's something that Dennis Allen's going to be tested with here it's a rough start to the season you're having injuries at the starting quarterback position for uh the fourth season in a row um they're big decisions I get all that but you're the head coach miss your job and I do think there is the element of Sean Payton in that locker room that they're really missing right now if they were missing their swagger with I mean, let me ask you this, Gus, and then and then we're going to let you run soon. Do you feel like they would be missing their quote swagger, as as Alvin Kamara put it, at this point already in the season, if Sean Payton was the head coach?
0: Man, it's so hard to answer because it almost feels like it's too early to say whether or not right. Dennis Allen. Let's, wait till, the that Let's wait till did. week six. Sean Payton six That said. One of the things that Sean Payton did do was be able to have a pulse, um, motivate, challenge. And look, it's sort of the same thing when you have a quarterback that isn't vocal and one that is. I got the calls this week. I got one guy who was um, losing his mind, dude. He's like, can I just see some bit of fire from my head coach on the sideline? We're used to Sean doing the choke signal to a dirty bird where we used to Sean losing his stuff, right? Like, and it's funny. You asked me that because I'm watching the game. Lutz misses it. And I turned to John Forte who sit next to me. I'm like, this is normally the time where Sean would absolutely be giving an earful to Lutz from the middle of the field to the sideline, to the bench, to him walking to the practice nest. <laughs> like he, he absolutely would have dog custom up and down. Right, I mean, he absolutely would have, um, and and yes, that is missing. Now, does that work? Does that motivate? Does that get people locked in? Um, because when you speak to people, Dennis Allen is intense. He's just not Sean Payton level, and um, you you just again, it's something to keep an eye on, right? Because that's not Pete either. That's not, you know, I mean, I'm playing Pete Carmichael sound yesterday and I had a caller and call and say, can somebody get him a Red Bull? I mean, you know, it's like, it's, so look, it's just, some of those people are not like that. They're just, they're, so I, that's what I'm saying, man. It, they're, they're, there, there, there's an intangible that, that's tangible, if that makes any sense. Like, I, I can feel something I'm seeing. I can feel something that I, I'm watching that. Sure. Just I get it. Feel right. I get right?
2: it. I get it. Um, uh, and and you asked me. You know, what do you think Sunday uh, uh, on your show? I said, I think we're going to have indigestion for brunch. I mean, I I hope I'm wrong, Gus. Until I see the offense click, or 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 just have any semblance of any kind of real rhythm. Uh, not in, and I'm not talking about fourth quarter cosmetic stats. I'm talking about. You know, I mean, we've seen them have a little drive here, there, and then boom, a fumble or a penalty or whatever. Until we see this offense actually click and put together real NFL drives, I am not going to be betting on the Saints, even though I have a future on them, because, you know, I had to put a future on the Pelicans yesterday, because that's what I do. But the point is, that's the fan in me, not the objective sports talk guy in me. I, I, I will not... I, I I will not predict that the Saints will get things done until they give me a reason to offensively, and if they do, then I'm gonna then I'll probably feel a little. If their offense looks adequate Sunday, then I'm gonna say Saints will beat Seattle the following week, and then they'll be three and two. But man, until I see it, Gus, I just can't sit here and tell you that they're gonna put it together and win on Sunday. What's your prediction for Sunday's game in London, and then we'll let you run.
0: Um, I actually think the Saints win.
2: I'll be right. I, do. I'll I hope think you're right.
0: I think Andy Dalton is going to move the ball. Okay. Um, I think, and here's the other thing I know it's talking about, because everyone obviously is talking about the quarterback and Jameis Winston issue. Um, the, Dalvin Cook has a separated shoulder. Now that guy is dynamic. That guy has killed the Saints. But if he doesn't play, that's an issue for them. I mean, I, I know to have Jefferson and Cousins, I think he's up and down. But I, I just, if he doesn't play, that's say help and that's a win for the Saints. And I don't know if you've been able to play with the separated shoulder or not. Can you put a brace on there or not? They have a long season. They looked really good to start the year. Then they looked that bad on that primetime game against Philly, which looks amazing though. Um, So I don't think it'll be easy, but I do think you're going to, you know, see some, some players, you know, make some plays and and do really well, man. I I legitimately feel that way. Look, by the way, Chris Olave, who I kept saying is going to be incredible Leaves the team in targets, reception yards, he's and NFC offensive rookie of the month. Been great. So, there you go. I mean, he's been fourth, awesome. So Fourth you know saint so to ever, ever
2: well. earn that honor, by the way. NFL offensive rookie of the month. Uh, Marcus Colson did it in October of 2006. Reggie Bush did it two months later in December of 2006. And Alvin Kamara did it. Uh, in, in November 2017. So pretty good Saints company that uh, Chris Olave's is in after the first three games of his NFL career. Shout no, out to no, him. No. Looking, All
0: right. looking forward to it, man.
2: We got to let you run, man. I appreciate it. As always, my friend, have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs> I
0: love that. Good stuff, man. Take care, guys.
2: You got it. Gus Kagel. <laughs> You're listening to 103.3 The Goat, cast on 1420. It's give me all you got Friday on The Great Scott Show. We'll take a quick timeout, come back. <sighs> I'm nervous. Nervous about some baseball stuff happening this weekend. We'll get into that. But um, you got a battle on the plains between some Tigers. You got homecoming at UL. Cajuns, and South Alabama. You got Dr. Brian Maggard coming up at 8. I guess Norman Locke's just going to sleep in. I canceled a, a guest who works out of New York, who's a Braves fan. She's been on the show before, Alex George. She follows the SEC closely. Pushed it back a week to make room for Norman Locke, and then he no-shows me. Y'all got I mean, to go give it to him now. He no-showed Lynn as well. Mr. Cowboys fan. Trollmaster at lock underscore norm at L-O-C-K-E underscore norm. In town, I'm coming in. Nowhere to be found. I mean, look, I, I say he might be sleeping in. Sh- I probably, I hope he's okay. I don't want to regret saying that. I'm, I'm, I'm messing with him. I'm giving him a hard time. I hope he's okay. But Dr. Brian Magger is going to be on at 8. Ryan Leaf scheduled to be on at 8.30 today. We're gonna talk some football with him, and he was very outspoken last night uh in regards to the Tua injury, so we'll get Ryan's thoughts on that and more. It's all coming your way, don't go anywhere. The Great Scott Show continues after this on 1033 the GOAT, greatest sports talk of all time. <laughs>
1: Give me all got!
0: with a goat (laughs) you'll get the horns then the butt
3: because
0: that's what goats do 103.3 the goat
2: welcome back into the great scotch show 103.3, 103.3, the GOAT, greatest sports talk of all time. Dr. Brian Maggard, Director of Athletics for Louisiana's Raging Cajuns, scheduled to join me in the studio here in about 10 minutes. We'll chat with him. Homecoming, Louisiana taking on South Alabama. Cajuns and Jaguars tomorrow. Uh, South Al coming in at 3-1. Strong resume. Cajuns looking to bounce back. Cajuns haven't lost a home game uh, in a very long time. Almost two calendar years. Uh, they'll try to keep that winning streak at home alive. Should be a great crowd. I think the best crowd of the season. It's homecoming. The weather's fantastic. And shoot, this morning before the sun came up, it was cold. It was, I was thinking it was like hoodie and shorts weather. No, it was. I, it was, I needed more than shorts. It was cold. Emails. You can email me. Scott. Still Scott at dot Lafayette.com. We're working on a few changes there. Soon you'll be able to email me at Scott at 1033thegoat.com. But um, the emails I have here revolving around the Dolphins and to a tag of a This one is from Steven. He says... Scott, it's my understanding from what I've seen reported that two had never even entered the concussion protocol the week prior. How does that even happen? It's a great question, Stephen. Player probably tells doctor, no, it's my back, and then they just don't do their job well. I mean, the NFLPA can say all they want. We're a potential protocol violations ongoing. Yeah, there you go. Davis emails, says, Scott, how can anyone blame the Dolphins in this? Why would a team that tampered with the division rival's quarterback tried to pay their coach to tank games, fired the coach, and then decided to try to get Tom Brady to replace the quarterback they're now putting out there when they shouldn't be, do anything to put a player's health in jeopardy? Okay, Davis. All right, going hard at the Dolphins. I, you know. Dolphins, I don't, I don't know, I don't know culpability, all that. Everyone's, everyone's, everyone's upset right now. I get it. Everyone's upset right now. You know the other thing that hurt the NFL here for this situation, which the reality is, it happened on Thursday night football. If it happens on Sunday. In the noon time slot, I ain't saying it's not bad, and I'm not telling you that it's not going to get uh,
3: critiqued.
2: But with all of the other games on the docket and a whole weekend of football, it would not be the headliner and the thing that is the number one trend on social media across the country when it happens. Facts. Facts. You know, in the NFL, when everyone's watching, and in sports, when everyone's watching a game at the same time and it's the only game that's on in that sport, it's it's, it's going to be in the spotlight more. 103.3 The Goat, the greatest sports talk of all time. Yes, I'm a little nervous. The Mets play the Braves so much on the line. Three-game series in Atlanta this weekend. Mets have a one-game lead in the NL East. Just waiting for the Mets to match this thing. Although they had a great come-from-behind extra innings win the other day, and the Braves did not. So the Mets maintain a one-game lead, but now they play in a three-game series. And the winner, you know, the Mets win the series. They'll earn it. They'll earn the division. If not, you know, they'll still have to play more after. But it seems like this is the division's going to be won here the next three days, even though both teams have, what, two games afterwards. The division will be won this weekend. And the division winner earns a first-round bye. If you're in second, go ahead. Be the wild card. Yeah, you get to host best two or three postseason series, but you could be out in two games. Eh. A lot on the line. And that's great. Yes, despite all the football going on, I'll be watching some Major League Baseball this weekend. ESPN, correction. No, ESPN will be airing that game Sunday night, by the way. 103.3, the GOAT, the greatest sports talk of all time. Ryan leaves scheduled to join me at 8.30. You don't want to miss that. Dr. Brian Maggard next. It's the Great Scott Show. We're, back. We're right back right after this. <laughs>
0: 103.3, the GOAT. In case you're wondering if Jameis Winston knows his body. Everything about your body, you have to be able to work certain things just because my knee hurts. that doesn't mean that I need to work my knee. The greatest sports talk of all time. 103.3, the GOAT. Great the Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by The Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show.
2: Hello, everybody. Welcome into The Great Scott Show on a Give Me All You Got Friday. On 103.3, three three, the Goat simulcast on fourteen twenty. If you already had the old ESPN Lafayette app, it's all you—you you already have the Goat app. It's all there. It's ready for you. Dr. Brian Maggard joins me now. The you—you uh, you can call him an AD, Director of Athletics of um internal Vice President of, of Athletics, Vice President with that. President of Athletics. That works.
3: AD. <laughs> director of ad, dr. AD dr. is dr easiest. maggard dr maggard right. he's like
2: every every time scott could you just stop with that every time uh, he's wearing his red on a wear red friday homecoming um well it's a little earlier this year let me tell you something october 1st homecoming with this weather i mean it's
3: beautiful this, it, it, inject that into my this. veins you man. can't script this but first of all scott are you the goat am i the are goat Are you the goat sure Yes. In my mind you are. So oh, Well, thank you. The, the goat. The, the new I, I, name I, I, for this radio station is more than appropriate. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's fun, man. We, we'll 0.3, we'll, we'll Remember
2: it. 103.3. Still 1420 for those that are used to it. Wherever you want no, to listen. But no
3: it. goat on fourteen twenty, correct?
2: I mean if you listen, you'll hear the goat. Okay. You'll hear the goat. But it's not going to be branded that way. It's all just it's all branded as the goat. 1033 the goat. Perfect. But if you listen to fourteen twenty, you'll yes. hear 103.3, Can you play that? Can
3: you play that goat? Real quick for me. What? Just
2: the that uh, 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 that one? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> love it. And then and then we you know we got a new voice and this guy. I mean, this is a goat voice
0: right here. If it's not the goat, then they're full of sheep. One zero three three. The goat. The greatest sports talk of all time. There you go.
3: All right, that just made my day. That was good. I love that. Full I of sheep. Of you are full of sheep. Full of sheep.
2: Uh, yeah, um, one hundred three three. The goat. See, I almost slipped up there. Uh, the goat has arrived. Um, but it, it, the last time UL lost a home game in football was it the coastal like in the in the in the
3: COVID year? I don't even uh, remember a home game. Yes, I believe it was. It was a home game. Coastal That's what I'm game. saying. Right. Yeah, yes. it's been it's Texas been year, almost no, two calendar yes, it's years. It's been a long time since we
2: lost uh, home. the home win streak. Looking for it to continue. Looking for it to go on. But you know. I, Homecoming is always fun. I right. was honored to be in the, the paint the town red, you know, judge again this this year. Seeing the school spirit around town, uh, it's awesome. Um, what what are some of the things and, and messages you really want to sort of get on a loudspeaker and let everyone know about tomorrow? Because with homecoming. You know, there's there's more that comes with it. There's more that comes with a homecoming game than uh, than another game for obvious reasons. But what can uh, what can listeners uh, expect, and what do they need to look for?
3: Well, one, I'd encourage everybody if you're going to tailgate, get out there early. You know, gates one and five will open uh, at eight a.m., and then everything else opens up, uh, I believe, at ten or ten thirty, um, all the other gates. But the parade is going to take that same route this year as it did last year. So I think tailgating is going to be ruckus. I think it's going to be an unbelievable environment. The weather, as you said, Scott, is going to be beautiful. And so we just need to make sure that uh, everybody gets out there. And remember, if you don't have a tailgate spot, Russo Park is your place. Uh, The concourse will be open. Concessions will be open. Beer, food, soda, water will be available for purchase in that space. Football on the TVs. Football on the TVs. Uh, But the parade route is going to run right down there. You know, and it's going to, where the alumni attend is. That's where the judging is going to be. So line up all, you know, on Stadium Boulevard and Reinhardt Boulevard there. And, what time uh, does the parade run? 1.30. It will leave Blackham Coliseum at one
2: thirty. Goes from Blackham down Stadium.
3: Down, yeah, College or Cajun Boulevard. Down Cajun Boulevard. To Stadium and then uh, uh, down Reinhardt. So I think it's going to be an electrifying atmosphere out there in that tailgating space. And then obviously, you know, don't wait till the last minute to get in, right? Don't wait until the last minute to try to, you know, go buy your beverages and, be ready. and food, right? At the concessions. Uh, but, but we're going to have all the grab and go locations, we're going to have all the, the local vendors in there. We'll have a couple of concession bays. You know, the Sedexa will actually operate. So but again, just get in there early, be prepared and uh, and be ready to have a have a great time. We got it, we got a, a formidable opponent. In South Alabama, yeah. they're really good. Yeah, we got to be ready.
2: What, what is you know? I, I talk to Coach every week. Um, I've known him for a long time, but what's uh, what's the, the the spirit of the team right now?
3: It's really really impressive, is what I would say. You know, I, the the players have really taken upon themselves this week to uh, correct what needs to be corrected, to play to their ability. That's what I would tell you. And um, I think they're locked in. I think they're focused. But again, until we get on that field and you know and see the production um that's when it really matters and so but i've been very impressed with what i've kind of seen from afar i haven't i made a, an appearance at practice yesterday just to kind of check things out the vibe was unbelievable uh, i was told that tuesday's practice was the best practice we've had all season to include camp and um so you know that tells me that our, our players are taking it very serious you know our backs are against the wall that's in. that's where we're at right now and uh you know, with a win on Saturday, you know we've still got a chance to win the West. Uh, if we drop that game, it's going to be, you know, extra challenging. And so uh, we just got to go out and take care of business. And I've I've always said, if we play to our ability, we've got a chance to win a lot of football games. That's what we got to do. Play to our abilities. That's right. Yeah.
2: I look. I know you're always very cordial and and, and kind. But I've told people, I, I've if you see Doctor Maggard on game day, it's a uh, there's, there's a goat in there just ready to come out and bah all over the place. I mean, he is... My my point is, like, you, you know, it's not just words. I mean, you... The losing hurts. I know it hurts the fan base. I know it hurts the team. I know it hurts you. I mean, this is a... This is a... Homecoming is... Right. Homecoming aside, the game itself. This is a huge game. It,
1: um, yeah, it,
2: it is. It, it's just... It's massive. Yeah, uh, 103.3 The Goat. It's the great Scott show. I'm Scott Prather. Dr. Maggard uh, is in the house. Um, can I ask you an apparel question? Yes, please do. So I uh, I, I did a story uh, on uh, maybe it might have just been an interview I did with Coach Jesimo back during camp, and I, for the story on our website and digital products, it was a photo of him, and he was wearing this uh, long sleeve shirt that had a hoodie on it, mm-hmm. cream colored, um, kind of like the baseball. I love those baseball uniforms that have the cream white. Uh, Cajuns in the front, and and everybody, you know, a bunch of people weren't talking about the interview. They're like, where can I get that? Where can I get that? Um, you know, I, I see the fans active on social media and a level of frustration with some of the merchandise available at the university bookstore or other places, and they're like, I'm I'm having to go on Amazon or eBay. Where, where? and you've, to your point, you've never hid from it. You've sort of chimed in and, and tried to, uh, fill people in or enlighten them as to the process and how it works. But how does it work? Why is some of the stuff you know you guys have a video of? All right, this is being sent out to to the, mm-hmm. the the Cajun alumni in the NFL, and then the care package and the gear in there. And fans are like, "Man, that is awesome! I want some of that. Where can I get it? Well, you can't get it at the bookstore. And I know there's sort of a uh, uh, a reasoning behind it all. It's not as simply as uh, as you know maybe it should be. But but where is I guess in lightness Mm -hmm. as to what some of the issues are in your mind.
3: Well, let's start with those care packages and and, and that type of apparel and and even the garment that you spoke of, Scott. So everything that we get for our staff and our student athletes comes directly through our agreement with uh, Adidas. So our equipment staff and our coaches, we have the ability to design something, right, and then have it put on an Adidas product. And that comes directly from adidas that's that's a part of our deal and and those apparel items aren't made available to the general public via adidas right those are those are the,
2: the now the collegiate. Why, why is that I'm not that, that's it.
3: adidas's i mean so you know they're just they don't necessarily make public everything that they provide their clients. They don't partners.
2: necessarily make all that by a huge <clears throat> bulk and Correct. Percent. Absolutely. So it would be up to Adidas right. to say, "Hey, get it on our website," right. but they so, don't for, do right, that.
3: That's right. So for example, we had a lot of people interested in a pretty sharp um, women's soccer jersey that we designed in-house, right? We had the design that we just had it put on one of their template soccer jerseys, mm-hmm. right? But people really like that. Those this, that's the same type of thing that's going in those care packages that we send to the NFL alum. And um, But but the issues that you speak of, right, they lie within um, our partner, Barnes & Noble. So Barnes & Noble came in, I think, the start of this, this fall, technically, sometime in the summer. And, and they, in essence, took over the business, think of it this way, the business of our bookstore and our apparel in our local shops on the, the Union, Student Union and, and the Johnson Street Store. And so it's up to Barnes & Noble to get product in. To sell to our consumers and to our fans. Now, the online version of that, Barnes and Noble partners with a group called Fanatics, right? And Fanatics are well known. It's you know it's a big conglomerate online shopping, um, and it's again up to Fanatics to get the apparel to be able to sell online. So when people do get frustrated, and I understand because I'm equally frustrated. You know, we have not had a good experience so far. And I don't have a problem saying this publicly. We have not had a good experience. With Barnes and Noble to date, we just have not. And how long does that contract run? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I really don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a multi-year deal, for yeah. sure. And so, I'm I'm confident that, that they can get it corrected, but they're going to have to get it corrected, right? We just need them, in my opinion, to pay closer attention to the University of Louisiana, like they might do a a university with a with a bigger brand. And we, you know, we we express that in the uh, initial uh, negotiations. And I say we, our campus leadership. And so anyway, we've got work to do there. They've got a lot of work to do there. But we, I, I assure those listening that every time we see something, you know, that's um, not right, we're calling the Barnes & Noble brass, if you will, mm-hmm. and, and getting them to correct it.
2: Yeah. Well, no, it's, it's definitely enlightening um, and not something that – you know, from a, a radio side of things, people ask me questions a lot and they don't understand all the nature of a contract or what is mm-hmm. Learfield and what is that right. and why can't you just do this or how come it's this way or blah, 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 blah. And then I explain it to them and they're like, oh, I didn't even think. I just just flick right. on the radio That's and listen. Right. That's right. Uh, well, and know, it's, where's it's, Jay? Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
3: There's the old adage, and you know, my, my former boss told us this one time, he said, if the cat comes home pregnant, it's our fault in athletics. Sure. it doesn't matter right, right right it doesn't matter if 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 the bookstore isn't selling gear that people like it's athletics fault right that's the, the the go-to default blame if you will and i just want people to be aware first of all i'm not in a blame game you know i don't like to point fingers at all right i want quality apparel made available to our fans i want it with the with the uh, athletic department marks the stack raging cajun logo the word louisiana right those are our primary and secondary marks. Yeah. Now, I get it. The university has their marks. People have an interest in that, I understand, and, and the university wants to sell that too. But the driver in apparel, in, in collegiate apparel, nine times out of ten, if not ten times out of ten, are the athletic department marks. Mm-hmm. And that's just what we got to make sure we get to get going here, and, and Barnes and & Noble and fanatics need to do a better job of, of finding apparel. But to the listeners out there, if you can go anywhere and find what you want to find and, and you can go for it you know don't don't feel like you you know are going to hurt us in any means if you can find the apparel that you want and like through another venue mm-hmm. right uh go do it. I want you in red. I want you in the apparel that you want and like and if if the, our partners don't have the the you know the ability or the fortitude to go get it, then they're lost.
2: Dr. Brian Maggard has been our guest. I appreciate you uh, filling me in on that. And one more time before we let you run, I know we got to get you across the hall. But uh, homecoming tomorrow, 4 o'clock kickoff, but get out there early. Gates 1 and 5 open at 10 a.m. No, no, at 8 a.m. 8 a.m. 8 a.m. Get out there early at 8 a.m. Um Parade Route runs at 1.30 from Blackham down C- Cajunal Boulevard, then down Ryan Hart. Weather is going to be absolutely perfect. If you don't have a tailgating spot, head to Russo Park. Plenty of seating, plenty mm-hmm. of stuff, plenty of places to hang out, walk around. It's going to be a wonderful day, and it's a huge, huge game. I kept you too long. I'm going to let you run. That is Dr. Maggard on 103.3 of the GOAT, greatest sports talk of all time. I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you. All right, don't go anywhere. The uh, Great sky Show continues right after this.
0: If it's not the GOAT, then they're full of sheep. 1033 The GOAT, the greatest sports talk of all time.
2: Welcome back into the Grace Scott Show. 1033 The GOAT. Simulcast 1420. How's everybody doing on this? Gimme all you got Friday. Phone lines are open. 337-269-1077. 337-269-1077. Gates one and five open at 8 a.m. tomorrow. Out of Cajun Field. Weather is going to be perfect. Parade route runs at 130 from Blackham, down Cajun Boulevard, then down to Reinhardt. Um Ryan Leaf, scheduled to join me in about nine minutes. Looking forward to that. Got a lot to talk about with him. No Jameis Winston, no Michael Thomas at practice today for the Saints, which tells me that neither is likely to play this Sunday. Saints can say whatever they want. The Friday injury report will be out in a few hours, and then game statuses will be listed, and the game status for... Winston might be listed under out. In fact, I expect it to be. And then Michael Thomas being out too. That's, that's, dare I say that's a bigger loss based on the fact of how Jameis has been playing since he's been injured. Now the Jameis thing will draw the most headlines, even if he's listed as questionable. At this point, he's not practiced this week in London. I would be shocked. If you're not healthy enough to practice, if you're not healthy enough to go through your normal routine, Yeah. Eh. Come on. LSU and Auburn play on the plains tomorrow. LSU is an eight-point road favorite. That line has moved a point since yesterday. It was at nine. Um. Brian Harson, This this. He hadn't been there long, but after escaping Missouri with the goal line fumble, after all the attrition of last off season. This feels like a Brian Harson job-saving type of game. It really does. He is embattled. They got embarrassed by Penn State a few weeks ago. Should have lost last week to Mizzou. And the heat is really on, on the planes. LSU is looking for their fourth straight win. They can improve to 2-0 in the SEC. Um LSU's defense is is coming off its first shutout since 2018. I get it was New Mexico, but yeah. I mean, they, the defense has just gotten better by the week. I mean, Mississippi State, Mike Leach, De'Aire, they got 16 points. LSU's defense is 12th nationally right now in the country. Auburn's offense is not good. They rank 89th. And while the home team has won 18 of the last 22 meetings in this matchup, Auburn won last year in Tiger Stadium for the first time since 99. This feels like an LSU win on Saturday. Feels like an LSU win. But not having Garrett Dillinger on the O-line could hurt. We'll see what they do offensively. But defensively, LSU should be able to, to handle the Auburn offense. Bottom line. Bottom line. Emails. Doug emails. Scott, appreciate you asking Dr. Maggard the question about apparel. It's frustrating for us fans who love the Cajuns to not be able to get the gear we see worn out by former players and current players alike. Adidas could make some good money if they decided to sell some of that gear online. I didn't know the background in the Barnes & Noble's aspect of what happens over there. And like as Maggard said, I'm not in the blame game. I, you know, It, it comes back to us, but the whole show today will be posted online as it always is subscribe to the great Scott show podcast from one Oh three, three, the goat. If you're already subscribed, it doesn't change now that the name of the station changed. You're still going to get it, but that's where you can hear the interviews. I do commercial free. Most of the time, the shows on demand, you know, if there are commercials, there's less than, you know, your normal ones. I mean, you get, to, and you get to do it on your own clock. And that's how a lot of you are consuming sports talk these days, on your own time. Subscribe to the Great Scott Show podcast from 103.3 The Goat. I appreciate you guys. We're the top, uh, most listened to podcasts for the last year plus of all these shows here in Town Square Media. I'm not just talking about this station, but Town Square Media Lafayette on all the brands. And so for those of you that have been doing it that way, I appreciate it. Highly recommend it. Tell your friends. Give it a nice rating because you get to hear interviews on your own time like the one we're going to do next. Of course, you don't want to miss it. But if you're about to walk into the building at work, catch it later. Ryan Leaf. I talked to him this summer in an interview that is as real as it gets. We're going to talk to him next He always keeps it real. He's got some strong thoughts about, too. We'll talk college football. We'll talk Saints-Vikings betting lines. It's all coming your way next, right here on The Great Scott Show, on 103.3 The GOAT, the greatest sports talk of all time. 103.3
0: The GOAT.
2: I don't care how fast you are or how big you are. Somebody's going to be
0: faster and somebody's going to be bigger. The greatest sports talk of all time. Buckle up, boys. Time to go to work. 1033 The
2: GOAT. Well, welcome back into the great Scott Shawn. Give me all you got Friday. 1033 The GOAT, the greatest sports talk of all time. Simulcast on 1420. One of uh more popular guests that we've had on the show before is, uh, is back to talk some football. Uh, you know him. Ryan Leaf joins me now. He is a busy man in the broadcasting world. He uh, covers football for a living now. And uh, if you missed the interview he and I did this summer, you can go back and listen to it via the podcast. Uh, and we talk a lot about ryan's journey today we're just talking football my friend good morning ryan how's life man how are you
1: hey scott uh it's good man we're uh, we're in full force here in football season and so it keeps us really busy i'm in kansas right now getting getting prepared to call the kansas state texas tech game on saturday pretty good matchup between two teams that knocked off uh knocked off some uh goliaths last last weekend
2: yeah, uh, as as you predicted in some instances as well, man. Well, I want to talk uh, <laughs> college football with you. I want to talk points bet as well uh, and, and Saints-Vikings. But before we do that, Ryan, um, you know, uh, you're I, – I, I guess I'll use the word unfiltered uh, on social media in a good way, right? You're transparent. It's the only way you know how to be. And, you know, you were pretty passionate last night – Watching what unfolded in the in the Bengals Dolphins game, and I'm not talking about the outcome. Cincinnati won, but uh, the the concussion to Tua, and after he reportedly didn't enter concussion protocol five days prior, and everybody is 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 sort of quick to get out in front of it. They all want to release a message, but as a guy that that played in the league and knows pokes in this sport, in this business, man, for anyone that didn't see how you reacted, I'll, I'll ask you the morning after. What were your thoughts on what unfolded, and uh, just overall what what happened to uh, not just last night, but over the last you know five six days?
1: Well, I I, I feel like here um, is 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 twofold, right? It's it's certainly placed at the feet of the uh, NFL as well as the NFLPA, but also it has to be placed at the, the feet of the player too, and simply because they do whatever they can to play. And that's, that's understandable. I I would have probably, and I did uh, bones had to be coming out of my body for me to not want to be on that football field. That's that's who we are. And so there needs to be some, some oversight that protects players from themselves. I know it's not the NFL's responsibility. I know it's not the NFL PA's responsibility. I think I'm more sick and tired of, the propaganda, because I know who they are. They've told us who they are. They're not good people. They All they care about is money. So um, I, I, I've resolved that. I, I, I accept that. I understand that. It just, I hate to see a statement come out like that, saying they care about the player's safety. They don't. And so I'm not mad at them. They're doing what they do. But it makes it, it triggers an emotion in me where I'm like, just don't say it. Don't, don't put the nonsense out there. No one believes you stop it. I say, I said, that's the NFL for years and years and years. And, and, and I continue with the NFLPA. I also have experience with this, with this union, right? It's my union. And so I have experience uh, of being uh, shown that they don't care about a, a player's safety uh, or a player's health or mental health or anything like that. So that's where that came from. I mean, it, it, it cost me nothing to just be honest. Uh, everybody else who, who wants to tiptoe around it, uh, isn't doing anybody any favors. So that's, that's how I reacted. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm fine with it. It's, you know, you use a, you use a, a, um, profane word. It's like the end of the world and no. it's just the worst.
2: Yeah. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, it's absolutely. And, and I think it, look, it, it, the way I look at it is when I'm around someone that just curses every five seconds like it's it's whatever but whatever it, it's not like your social media profiles are filled with tweets with bad words right <laughs> I guess my point is when you see one it's like it, it that's the point of it right it's it's a strong emotion it's a it's strong words to really you know blast off a a certain point or something you're, you know, you're passionate about and you care about. And, you know, I, I don't want to, I'm not going to go out on this long memory road of, of bounty gate, but I remember, you know, when the NFL did what they did with the saints, I, a lot of people were like, Oh, you're just being a homer. You just care about the saints. I'm like, listen, this whole thing is BS. All right. The only reason I'm not telling you that they didn't have things in the locker room where they say, Hey, 500 bucks to whoever, you know, hits the hardest." I mean, of course that stuff's been going on for years. It still goes on. I mean, and Devin white was right. on a video the other day saying it. I'm not, I'm not saying that that doesn't happen. My point at the time was, and continues to be the NFL had over at that point in time, 8,000 lawsuits on their desk in New York from former players, uh, which should tell you something about how they treat their former players. But they they had to send out a message that all they cared about was player safety. And you and I and anyone that, you know, knew what was going on knew that was BS. It was all just this big show. And, you know, eventually Paul Tagleboo had to take over for Goodell and the players weren't even suspended and all this other stuff. But no one really remembers that. They just remember sort of the headlines and everything else because the NFL, that's how they want it. They want you to feel like, no, we really care about this. And while they i can i can say that they have made strides in terms of concussion protocol there's still a lot of holes in it i mean the fact that he didn't go into one reportedly last week is is asinine i mean it's it's ridiculous you could say oh it's his back i mean you still should probably go through the protocol when the guy gets up wobbly and according to you know concussion protocol if a player appears to be suffering any kind of neurological issue from a hit they should be, you know, um, administered to. So it is what it is. It was unfortunate. You know, I know you love football. I love watching it. But at times, it's just a brutal game. And moments like that last night, I get why there's a strong reaction like that from so many because it's it's just a reminder that, you know, these are human beings. And it's 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 a dangerous sport, and it can be brutal at times.
1: Well, I, another thing I'm just, you know, uh, frustrated with is that you have or. Four- former players on that Thursday night pregame show. And not one of them said that Tua should not be out there, that it was too fast. And even at halftime after it happened, like there was just no genuine concern. They pretended like uh, this is just part of the game. And I, I, I guarantee you that if what had happened hadn't happened on Sunday, it wouldn't have been, uh, so quick to happen on Thursday night, right? There is a re- there's repercussions. There's consequences to, to brain damage. I've had a brain tumor because of the trauma from playing football. So I, 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 understand all of that. My biggest concern is that, um, you know, just the propaganda that continues to be spilled by both the NFL and NFLPA, who I, I definitely think are in bed together. When you have two guys at the top making 40, you know, $40 million a year, uh, to you know, to to really um, make it so they can continue to make this money-making machine go, uh, there's a problem. There is there's there's a bias to that that, that simply is not addressed. And it's a private company. There it's a private company. So I I can't get up in arms. And they've told me who they are. I I should have believed them a long time ago. I do believe it now. I just I just simply I'm not going to put up with their if they're going to put out propaganda like that, I'm just going to, I'm going to call them on it. And, and you know, that's not, it's not going to do anything. I mean, it's just, you know, me kind of, I think screaming into a fan, to be honest sure. with you.
2: Sure. I mean, look, I, and, and, and we're look, there's a part of us that I maybe hypocritical is the wrong word, but knowing that what we're watching, what we're talking about, what we kind of do for a living, both you and I currently, and how much football is, is the driving force behind it. Like there's so much I can't stand about the power of the NFL and, and how it's utilized from a top, but I'm still going to be watching this weekend. You know, I'm still probably going to be screaming at the TV Sunday morning when the saints do something dumb uh, or if their offense continues to play, like I'm still, I'm still going to, you know, swing emotionally with the game. Uh, and then when a player gets hurt or there's, there's something, um, you know, heinous that's done by the, you know, the, the, the robot up top, if you will, I'm going to be upset about it, but, i i hate to sound i hate to sound like such a hypocrite ryan but it would i don't it would take a whole lot for me to stop watching football and um i don't know if that's right or wrong but i i i i hate what happens sometimes with the the power involved well, in it look, and yet scott, i just love the sports so much and so i'm still gonna watch it you
1: know scott that, that that's not the that's not the problem like the players know i knew if i I knew that it was a violent sport. I, I loved the competition. I loved the camaraderie. I wanted to play. This is going to happen. Like, this is a violent sport. So, this is going to happen. But you, you, you don't need to continue to put players in the most vulnerable. Like, you shouldn't have been playing. Right. That's the, that's the, the point, right? I, I love football too. I love analyzing it. I love the, 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 the orchestrated chaos uh, and the success that comes from it. There are different ways to protect, and the people at the at the at the wheel don't care, and that's the problem.
2: Ryan Leaf, our guest, at Ryan D. Leaf on Twitter. Give him a follow if you're not already. Um, he, um, you've you've heard him many times. You hear him on Satellite Radio. You've heard him fill in for for Rich Eisen or Dan Patrick, and those are on our stations. He also hosts the Straight Line with Ryan Leaf. Uh, points Bet is um, you know. Uh, you're, I know you're a brand ambassador for them. A um, couple of odds I want to go through with you, if you don't mind, Ryan, while we shift gears into this Saints-Vikings game in London. Uh, and then I want to talk some college football with you. But uh, from a points bet standpoint, just before we get into Saints-Vikings, fill our listeners in a little bit. I know they hear, you know, uh, DraftKings and, and very a lot, lot of different betting things. You have different. Places you can go as a consumer, but why is Points Bet something that you, know, you, you wanted to get behind, and, and what do you guys offer to the sports fan?
1: Well, I think that this is the, the future of, of football, uh, of really any sport, sports betting. You know, it's an opportunity for people to stay engaged in a live conversation at all times. You know? And Points Bet was a, uh, an organization that simply believed in me. And I've been a bit of a mercenary, Scott, over the last, you know, six years in my broadcasting life. You know, everybody's wanted to work with me, but but no one's really just stepped up and said, Ryan, we're behind you. We want to we want to be in business together. We want to make we want to build something from the ground up. And that's what PointsBet did. Uh, And I'm I'm incredibly grateful for the opportunity because I'm allowed a platform. That uh, that I that I'm good at and that I love to do, and so that was really important. And that's why I think there's a, a lot of trust between um, PointsBet and myself. And uh, you know, one of the big reasons why we're we're talking to you this morning is, you know, they were just able to launch in the state of Louisiana, the 12th state that uh, PointsBet is legal in uh, for sports betting in, in your state, and so. Uh, That's exciting for everybody involved who wants to, you know, have fun, be engaged. um, And it's a good way to um, also monitor and and do things the right way. If there's ever a problem with gambling or anything like that, uh, you know, I'm a big, big proponent of that. You know, I'm in my recovery. uh, So I'm always looking for for those types of parameters and guidelines that that help people um, be the best possible version of themselves that they can be.
2: No doubt. Ryan Leaf, our guest, Uh, this is 103.3 The Goat, the greatest sports talk of all time. Uh, Opening money line, Saints at plus 110, Vikings minus 130. Current money line, Saints plus 120, Vikings minus 140 per points bet. Uh, Right now, Ryan, the Saints' offense is offensive. I mean, they've just, uh, folks can talk about Jameis' injury. They can point to various reasons defensively the saints have a good club special teams they've got a good club last week was kind of more of an exception to the norm they struggled in that department but what i my thing on the saints has been look all this offense needs to be is just adequate if they can just be close to league average they've got the other pieces to win some games here but it has been um it's been a chore just to watch offensively they've had so many problems in the first three quarters of the first three games of the season. Over the course of those nine quarters, they scored 13 points. You know, they've, they've got 38 points in fourth quarters combined, but a lot of that is, you know, cosmetic yards and points. When you watch the Saints from afar, uh, what do you see as a guy that, you know, played football and and covers it for a living? And, you know, what stands out to you about some of these uh, money lines or some of the bets at points bet as it pertains to the New Orleans Saints?
1: Well, I think they've just been careless with the football. I mean, that's that's where, where you make your bread and mud, butter in the NFL is you take care of the football because possessions are limited and you got to make the most of them in this league. Their defense is incredibly good, and it has been for a few years under Dennis Allen. My biggest question with the Saints team is, you know, who were they going to be? What was the identity going to be without Sean Payton and getting Alvin Kamara back, and he was – He's just not utilized the same way and you have the weapons on the on the perimeter that you need to take advantage of. Um, but Jameis, regardless of to your point, his injury, you still gotta take care of the football. And if he's not capable of taking care of the football, then you know, he, he can't be out there. And people complain about Andy Dalton, you know, check it down, dink and dunk Andy Dalton. It is incredibly important that you don't turn the football over in this league. Like I said, and if he continues to do so, uh, you're not going to win football games. And uh, I think they have a really hard time traveling to London and going up against the Minnesota Vikings team that plays plays pretty darn good defense. And when Kirk cousins isn't on Monday night football, it seems to be a much different quarterback Mm -hmm. with the, with the talent that he has. So yeah, I, I, I like the Vikings here. Um, even with, even with the points, um, I think that uh, this trip is always always a close game. Normally, in terms of teams having to both travel, be a part of the festivities, and then go out and play, I just the Saints haven't shown me anything to this point that says they're going to take care of the football in the most meaningful times in a game.
2: I, I agreed. You know, I was visiting last hour with the Saints analyst, and uh, as much as I hope I'm wrong because I root for the Saints. They've shown me nothing offensively this season to make me think that suddenly they're just going to turn it on. And look, Jameis mispracticed again this morning. Dalton, at this point, I'd expect him to play, regardless of what the Saints say. And, you know, oh, well, it's boring to dink and dunk, whatever. I know I'm I'm paraphrasing, you know, um, (laughs) something that's, you know, hyperbole, I think, when it comes to, quote, game management and all that other stuff. I know these are all code words in the world of football, Ryan, but my point is, sometimes boring is good and it's winning isn't boring, but when you have a good defense and special teams, sometimes they quote boring offense is a good thing. And uh, maybe boring can get him a win Sunday. We'll find out. But uh, to your point about Kirk cousins, you know um, it's afternoon in London. It's the morning over here and it's an NFL network game. It's not national game of the week. That tends to be whenever he plays his best football for some reason, man, what from a, from a psychological standpoint, you know, you were involved in some big games. Uh, you know, in college, you guys went to the Rose Bowl. What? It, what's a locker room like whenever you're in prime time? Like, because I'd imagine there is. I mean, the stats are just too lopsided to not point out that Kirk Cousins, man, when it's a prime time game, he's just not good. There, there's got to be some that can't be coincidence, right? So psychologically, when a team knows, man, this is a big spotlight for us. There are a lot of cameras. There are a lot more viewers. What can that do to a locker room, good or bad?
1: I I, I don't think it has anything to do with it. I I think it is a, just a horrible coincidence. Really? The guy just has not played well in those environments and and not just him, like everybody on the team, like the the team as a whole has not performed well. Um, The game was never, I I don't, I can't tell you when I step on a football field, I know there's a little more energy uh, because of the atmosphere. You know, I played on Monday night football, Uh, You know, I've played on Sunday night football. I've, I've played in every possible um, situation you can think of in terms of, and, and none of it was different. Like the the field's still 120 yards long and 53 yards wide. And, you know, you don't know how many people in their stands. You don't know how many cameras are out there. Uh, it, It isn't, and it shouldn't be. And it may have, it may have become something that's psychological with him. And I don't know if he's addressed it. Um, you know, you would you would think that because of those lopsided statistics that there would be some real um, you know addressing of the situation, but I I don't think for a minute it has anything to do with the fact that uh, it's a primetime game. I think it's just I think it's just a, a, a very bad coincidence for for the likes of Kirk Cousins and this Minnesota Vikings team.
2: Wow! So eight and eighteen in primetime games. I don't think he's won a Monday night one, but uh, it's a it's a weird thing, um, but. You know uh, once I guess once you once you lace up the boots, so to speak, like you say, um, it's like that so i I'm interested in your thoughts on some college football, Ryan. I know how tied in you are to it, and it's something that we didn't really get to discuss uh, this past summer, but briefly, and I know this isn't sort of the topic of the week, but is a guy like you that that played in the pac 12 and uh, played in the Rose Bowl. Conference realignment, man, and, and the loss of, you know, some traditional rivalries and history and stuff like that. I understand what drives conference realignment. I get it. But is it, is it just really difficult for you to, you know, pretty soon say, you know, USC and, and Rutgers playing a conference game? I mean, what is that? Is, is the next generation of players just never going to understand what the traditional geographical significance of these conferences truly
1: was? Yeah, that's, that's, that's our history. Right? Um, so, you know, I think people just fear change, you know, because it's not what they've always known. And, yeah, there's some disappointment and some sadness around losing some historical matchups. But, like, I, I'm not going to miss out on, on Washington State-USC. Not, that's not, not going to bother me that they don't play each other anymore. Uh, it, it wasn't a rivalry. It was fun to play. Uh, you know, the Trojans down in, in South Los Angeles, you know, but it's, uh, I'm not too worried about any of this. I want, I want, I want the best college football and there are an elite group of teams uh, in, in college football and they need to be playing each other and not need to be, they don't need to be playing, you know, you know, Holy cross on a weekend in in September. Right. Uh, I don't want to see that game. I want to see competitive, hard-nosed football every single weekend. And I ultimately think that we get to a place where we have the National Collegiate Football League with two large conferences um, geographically set uh, in the United States, probably anywhere from 22 to to 24 teams per conference. And NCAA will be obsolete. They won't exist anymore. And the college football playoff will have uh, have rule over all of this. There will be a commissioner, um, that's the way we're going. Um, the teams that, that, aren't going to be a part of it are just teams that can't comp- compete financially. It's just, just the way it is. And, and that's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. No matter what anybody else has to say about this, that, and the other college football going to be just fine. My alma mater will be just fine. They'll play, still play college football regardless of what it may look like. Uh, it's just the way of the world. This is where it's going. It's based around money. And the presidents of these universities are going to make these decisions based on a spreadsheet that gets placed in front of them. And though unfortunate for some diehard fans, um, we're going to get the best college football out of it. And that's all I ever wanted.
2: Your alma mater you almost had Oregon last week, man. Uh, almost 4-0. The, uh, the Cougars look like they got a pretty good squad this year, Ryan.
1: They do. They have a good football coach. Fortunately, they continue to just, uh, and this is this is systemic for whatever reason with Washington State is they just find ways to, you know, you know steal the steal the loss out of a a, right. a gripped win, you know, up six, up twelve points with six minutes to play at home on Saturday, you have to win that game. If you expect to be taken seriously, you have to win that game. And unfortunately, uh they didn't. And so we'll see how they bounce back against a really good Cal team this week. Um, but I do like their head coach. I like the way he goes about his business. Uh, he's a defensive, tough-minded guy uh, that's got everybody in Pullman and, and and Cougar fans out there smiling. And that that necessarily hasn't been the case for some time at Washington State.
2: Ryan, last thing for you, college football this year feels like, you know, Georgia, Ohio State, Bama had a scare against Texas, probably should have lost. They didn't though, But, um, Give me, you know, maybe Michigan, like, is it? Is this just kind of a three- or four-team race, or is there another team out there that you feel like, you know what, watch out, they're coming. They could get into the college football playoff. They're not being talked about as much as the Georgias or the BAMAs or the Ohio States right now, but they're, they're legit.
1: I, I, I think Oklahoma State, I think USC, I think University of Washington, uh, I think those teams are playing incredibly well, but there is a large gap. Between number one Georgia and everybody else, uh, so it, it, it may ultimately be the Georgia Bulldogs that repeat and once again win a national championship because the uh, the separation is so great. But I think that allows for some of these other teams to get into the conversation, to get into the dance like a year ago, where where Michigan and Cincinnati got in. Now, no, neither one of those teams was was going to beat Alabama or Georgia a year ago. And that will be the case again this year. But I do think there's a couple teams um, outside of maybe, let's say, Ohio State um, that get into the that get into the playoff this year, and that, that will be fun. That'll be good for the fan base, fan bases of the college football to see something new, to see something um, different when when the college football playoff comes to fruition. But I just I do not see a team right now closing that gap. And I know we're only four weeks in, so there there easily could be a time where where Georgia comes back to the field, but right now Georgia is just is just blowing away uh, the competition once again.
2: Ryan Leaf has been our guest at Ryan D Leaf on Twitter. Uh, follow him uh, on social media. That's how you can get more access to all the other stuff he's doing. Uh, he's a busy man working in the football world. Also a brand ambassador for PointsBet, which just launched in Louisiana uh, about a week and a half or two weeks ago. Uh, one more time, Ryan, uh, if you want to plug PointsBet before we let you run, my friend.
1: Well, I think it's just you know it, it's just an opportunity for for sports fans to be more involved, right? You know, with their ability to do it live. You know, you you can you can be active within one game. Like watching the game last night, you could have been active for all sixty minutes of that football game in um, the way you think, you see, and the trends that are happening. Because you know, when you watch a football game, you see how things are starting to kind of go, the momentum, the shift, the change. And now you have at your fingertips the ability to interact with that and uh, and have some fun uh, and uh, maybe make a few few dollars here and there, and that's that's always a good thing.
2: That's right. Ryan, I appreciate it, man. Uh, all the best. Glad you're doing well, and I look forward to talking to you again in the future.
1: You bet, Scott. Appreciate the time.
2: You got it. That is Ryan Leaf. He is uh, getting ready to call Texas Tech and Kansas State tomorrow. Michael Thomas is out. Jameis Winston is doubtful. Good luck, Andy. I will talk to you guys actually tomorrow on the pregame show. I will be interviewing uh, Coach Michael Desimo on the pregame show tomorrow. Jay typically does that. Uh, I will have that pregame interview interview for you this week. Uh, but this show, Monday morning, we'll talk to Coach Desimo Uh, I will see you guys out at homecoming around Cajun Field tomorrow. We'll talk about the weekend in college football and about what unfolds Sunday morning in London. The Red Rifle. No Michael Thomas and maybe no Andrews Pete. Saints Vikings. Appreciate Gus Cattengale. Appreciate Dr. Maggard. I appreciate Ryan Leaf for coming on the show this morning. I guess we'll catch Norm next time he's in town. Have a great weekend, everybody. The Dan Patrick Show is next on 103.3 The Goat, the greatest sports talk of all time.